everyone, and welcome to episode 83 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, and thank you for listening. If it's your first time here, we talk about video game and movie news, as well as what we watched or played over the weekend, or over the week. Hopefully you're all recovering from your Halloween candy sugar rust, or just your Halloween party hangover. And in the theme of things, my name is Barmora. Whoa. Barmora? What? I didn't get advanced warning to this. Um, I don't even know what's a good name for me. My name just, is probably Craig Lord. Craig, yeah, Craig Lord works. That's a theme, right? That yeah, goes well, yeah. Uh, if it if it's not evident, we've been playing Guardians of the Galaxy far, far too much. Yes, uh, this exactly. over week, but it deserves every single bit that exactly. uh, that we'll be playing, and we'll get into that more as uh, we get into games. But I, I try to come up with clever stuff. I was like, well, there's like Brax or Barks yeah. or yeah. Ro- or Rocket Barry, I guess. But that I don't know. Rocket Root. Yeah. Root. Root. <laughs> yeah. OK. But uh, it's it's all in fun. So let's go ahead and get into the news, which I just thought it would be fun to just pile it on and go Overwatch to a Diablo 4 <laughs> delayed indefinitely, according to PC <sighs> Gamer. Uh, yep. article by Andy Chalk and after reading the article we probably won't see these games until 2023 at the soonest yeah what it's crazy I, I the one I read just said 2023 and I think I misread it and I was like oh, okay that makes sense I think I was thinking 2022 um, 2023 is a bit far out for a game like Diablo which was supposed to be pretty much done I thought but I think that factors into all the other stuff going on with Blizzard right now, probably. Yeah, it's kind of it. I didn't expect this, to be honest. But, you know, now that they've mentioned them del- in, delaying these games kind of indefinitely, it kind of makes sense with everything yeah. going on. Like you with everything that went on with Blizzard and still going on, you have people like deliberately boycotting their games and you know, it probably would have made sense for them to kind of look on the Internet and see how many people are saying, I'm not buying Blizzard games or, you know, Blizz- Blizzard games for, you know, the entire year or something uh, because yeah. of this mess. And they probably saw enough of that or got enough of advice from their in- investors to go, you know what, we need to not um, put out these games right now, you know, with everything going on. I'm going to go with probably like. With everything that happened with lawsuits, like I'm going to go with game development probably stopped there yeah. for a little while. So with with that being announced and with that happening, you kind of just go, well, yeah, of course, you know, you got to you just have to stop playing and stop uh, and stop trying to make it stop trying to make these two big games that are supposed to sell millions of dollars for you. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean. I guess that makes sense just to kind of wait it out. And then if it's not till 2023, hopefully by then Blizzard has everything figured out and, and the people who need to be out of that company are out and they can kind of start over and then you can feel better about buying those games then. Um, I mean, I'm excited for Diablo four, but I wasn't in any rush to give them any money at this point. So I'm totally fine with it being pushed. Well, two years pretty much. Yeah, it's just rare that you kind of ever see these games like continue like Diablo is kind of the exception here, but games like Overwatch like, yeah, Overwatch, people still play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably a lot of hardcore people or, you know, when you've got time, you play it. But 
they they did say that no new characters are going to come out until Overwatch 2 is out for them. So at this point, you're just kind of waiting an entire year at this point, almost two, yep. uh, just for some measly cosmetics um, to come out, you know, during Halloween, uh, Olympic time, like all the other events that they do. Uh, and that kind of sucks for Overwatch players. I yeah. I would go with, you know, especially if you're somebody who's put thousands or hundreds of hours into the game at this point and, you know, was looking forward to a new game and having new playable heroes available. That's not something you could do anymore uh, yeah. because you're going to have to wait two years. And who really knows what happens at that time? You may fall off Overwatch. And by the time Overwatch 2 comes out, you're not interested in it anymore. So, you know, there there's a lot to think about with with all that's kind of happening with Blizzard, but uh, I'm going to go with they're delaying these games because of the fact that you've got people who don't want to, who don't want to buy your games right now. Yeah. I was just looking up just to see like concurrent players for Overwatch right now. looks like it's down about 400,000 since last month, but they're averaging about six and a half million players a month. That's, that's um, good. That's more yeah. than I would have thought by a yeah. long shot. Looks like their concurrent players about two hundred thousand. So about two hundred thousand people are still playing this game regularly, which is a lot oh, okay. more than I thought. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean that's still a big fan base, so it does kind of suck for them that they're not gonna get anything new for a long time. I feel yeah. like it's kind of like the uh, like the Call of Duty thing where they're just now finally retiring that Warzone map from two years ago. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So. This is one that is concurrent as of like current as of today of us recording, but uh, starting November 3rd, which will be tomorrow when this comes out, it'll have already happened. You'll officially be able to play Netflix, the games that Netflix is going to offer on Android. So they are starting with mobile games. Um, Android the supremacy. I <laughs> the only thing I see on there is a Stranger Things game and looks like Solitaire, maybe. Um, so they're starting small, uh, but I probably just kind of dipping their toes in to see how this goes. But my, my new mean, gaming overlords. Yeah. Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> but I could see them down the line, maybe, you know, pulling some bigger developers under the Netflix fold to get some of this stuff out here for like PC or something. Yeah. And, and I think they're doing it right. You know, Solitaire is kind of the easiest one. And they do have that Stranger Deve uh, Stranger Things licensed game that looks like it could be played pretty easily on mobile. So that yeah. makes sense for them. And they should start out small. Um, I they they need to learn something from Stadia, from Amazon, you know, the other the other cloud gaming services where they spend all this money to get these big games to go on there and they really don't start well ever. So. Yeah. You know, they can kind of gauge, you know, who is playing it and what those people want. And I think that's a smart idea from them. Like, but Netflix already makes a gajillions of dollars. So yep. I think starting slow will probably lower the the cost of what it did to make this. And that way, um, if there is traction or, you know, they slowly continue development to make it better, you'll see more people get into it. And maybe this is going to be the one that catches on. Yeah, and they can use this to kind of artificially inflate numbers. Once this is on all mobile platforms, like once Apple gets involved here, very easy for Netflix to say, like, 
put something out there like, yeah, our uh, Stranger Things mobile game is played by 15 million people or something exactly, stupid yeah. like that. Because everybody's, I mean, not everybody, but a lot of people are going to try it if it's included with your already paid membership. I know I will. Yeah. Um, I mean, I used Apple Arcade for a while just because why not? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see where they go like a year from now. Yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, I know they already bought a studio, so Mm -hmm. there is a studio that's working on a game there, but I guess we'll have to see what they end up coming out with. Yeah. As if you've been listening to the podcast, you would know that like emulators and Nintendo are getting pretty bad right now. Uh, Apparently, uh, on day one, Mario Party Superstars had already was already been able to be pirated (laughs) and people were tweeting it like taunting uh like taunting nintendo kind of being like oh your game's already being pirated by others you're losing out on all this money well today we kind of got the first word that nintendo uh it found one of the found one of the people like doing this type of stuff and is suing them now so the guy that was doing it had the last name of bowser no relationship (laughs) no relationship to the uh to the current like america nintendo of america representative doug bowser so it just has nothing to do with it, but it's pretty funny, all things considered, that um, yeah, Nintendo's being pirated by their own big bad. How weird is it that Bowser keeps coming up in relation to Nintendo? That's got to be more than a coincidence, right? <laughs> I feel like it is. Like, <laughs> I, how many people have the last name Bowser? Like, yeah, you exactly. I feel like I, I feel like them hiring doug bowser they almost had to go out of their way to be like oh yeah this this is the guy his last name yep. bowser i yep. can't i he can't probably imagine. had it he probably had a terrible interview but they're like ah you know what his interview wasn't great but his last name's bowser so i mean let's do it yeah they could just play on this forever i'm surprised like yep. uh you know robin williams rest in peace his daughter i think like his name her name is zelda isn't it yep. Uh, yep so like i'm just surprised they don't go okay you know what we'll give zelda williams her own job at nintendo at this point you'd you you just gave them the idea they're going to be calling her tomorrow and if i see her on any of those things i'm like i'm gonna send them this video like hey you did what i said yep you i know you listen yeah uh so something a little bit of data i guess that i thought was interesting is more people are playing left for dead 2 right now than back for blood i saw that Um, i did see that one as well interesting i mean you expect it a little bit when something like this comes out that people are going to be like let me go back and play the original left for dead and see if it still holds up uh but the amount of people like concurrently playing it are higher than back for blood right now i know me personally like i kind of fell off back for blood pretty quick um but it seems like it got mostly positive reviews so it's not like it's a bad game i just think maybe people are like this is fine but i really just want to play more left for dead and I know like the mod community on Left 4 Dead is pretty crazy now anyway. So Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see that Back for Blood is, you know, gaining more traction. At like the more I played with it, I know I wasn't as uh favorable of it when it first came out, but the more mm-hmm. I got to play with it and the more time I played with friends, I did start to like it a lot more. The card system is a little bit more in depth and I think it's actually a lot of fun. It's just a matter of it it's too bad that you kind of have to make all these runs, get all these supply points in order to start earning cards that you might actually want to use. Like, and 
I guess the supply lines are, the supply lines are kind of randomized for what you get. So you know, I know people that have the two the card that allows you to carry two primaries, um, but they got that like so much earlier than I did. And it's just a matter of like, I wish they could sense the way you played. Like, hey, if you play the Doc character a lot, and you know, they obviously should give you supply lines that do more with healing. So that yeah. way you feel more effective in combat instead of just kind of randomizing it where, you know, if if you're Doc and you want to you want to be a healer, you need those cards in order to heal efficiently. And if you never get them, then you're kind of not using that character to its full potential um, that it could be. So it's it's stuff like that, that, you know, they've said they're going to come and fix out a lot of the issues or add a lot of new things to this game. So I have a feeling that, you know. This game is only going to gain more traction because they've come out and publicly said that they're going to support it as much as they can. Yeah, I mean, it has the potential to have a long life like Left 4 Dead did. Um, I just don't think it's ever going to eclipse Left 4 Dead as far as popularity. I don't think you can touch Left 4 Dead as far as that goes, but it's a fine substitute, right? A yeah. modern take. Maybe in the sequel, back five blood two. Maybe, maybe during the sequel, like you'll finally kind of reach that apex of story because, you know, that's what a lot of people have issues with back for blood is going to be that story and how it's kind of eh, to say the least, like it's kind of it's kind of non coherent in a way. And also maybe add a bit more variety to the maps where, you know, the in back for blood, you kind of start off at the same house and do that same level like i think like almost three or four times go in different directions sure but maybe add a bit more variety and maybe and you know they have a chance to hit their stride with the second one but if it's called back five blood two uh then i'm i'm calling copyright i will back for blood back for blood two no it's definitely it's probably but it's definitely going to be like back five blood two Oh, my God. <laughs> please don't. If you're going to do it, please make it back for blood, too. But put more numbers in there somehow. So there's like just a whole bunch of numbers. Start doing like Kingdom Hearts titles, yes. like back f- back five blood two, 352 days o- <laughs> over two days. Divided by four. Exactly. That kind of fun stuff. <laughs> so if you haven't guessed already, Switch OLEDs are hard to find, but you want to know why? Because of the chip shortage. Looks like Yay. Nintendo is getting hit with it as well. Um, really, this is no surprise. But, you know, if if you're wondering why you can't get a hold of switches right now, it's because Nintendo has come out and said that they've had to cut production because of cut a percentage of production because of the chip shortage. Same thing that Xbox, Nintendo are doing and same thing happening with the electronics all over the world. So if you don't already have a reminder, if you're shopping for Christmas stuff, you should probably be shopping now if you're trying to get it, Uh, especially these game consoles. You don't want to wait for Black Friday. And I don't know if any of people are going to be guaranteeing consoles on Black Friday due to the kind of sparsity that you get with these things. So if you know, I've I've already sent, you know, my my parents my Christmas list. So if start now, because I, I have a feeling that we are going to be facing like a big kind of electronics crisis when it comes to, you know, uh, like radios, maybe even TVs, game consoles, like watches, like and computers, like anything that uses a chip is probably yep. unfortunately going to be affected by this uh, chip shortage. So be prepared and shop, shop early this year. Yeah. And I think honestly, 
most, if not all of the major like retailers already have stuff, their sales going on. Yeah. So like there's really no reason to be waiting for Black Friday. I would be absolutely shocked if any retailer had Xboxes or PlayStations on Black Friday. I just don't see it being a thing. I have noticed that this past week and last week, there's been a lot more drops on their websites for consoles, which is a good thing. More chances for people to get them. Um, but yeah, I just don't think your your chances of walking into a store Black Friday weekend and finding a console are like, they have to be below 0%. They just have to be. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you. now. <laughs> yeah. Or start trying to now. At least yep. you've got a better chance now than when people are trying to rush to get it from that moment of Black Friday to Christmas. Yes. You will be able to get TVs, but you won't be able to get consoles. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, last piece of news that I have is the uh, Squid Game cryptocurrency uh, that popped up last month. Uh, scammers vanished with 3.3 million. Uh, moral of the story here is stop buying random cryptocurrency, idiots. Because it's funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just thought it was hilarious that like they made it. Netflix was not associated with this cryptocurrency at all. They managed to soak up 3.3 million and then they pieced out of there never to be seen again. So I guess good on them for taking advantage of gullible people. I don't know what we say here. <laughs> no, like, you know, everybody's trying to get rich now, yep. uh, like in the in the laziest, not I shouldn't say the laziest, but as fast as possible. And with how Bitcoin went and how Dogecoin went and how all of these cryptocurrencies are going, you know, people bought this this coin because they were hoping that, oh, Squid Game's relevant. People will buy crypto because they see Squid Game yep. on it and it would shoot up and then that way they could run out. So then that's what we kind of just have here is the fact yep. that, you know, I I'm going to go with whoever made this coin saw what it did and saw what people had in it and then just vanish and can't vanish took what they had and left. Mm -hmm. And with, with that being the case, that's kind of the, that, that is the exact risk you run with going into crypto and with stocks is and especially like this meme stock stuff, the volatility of it. And I should say this before we get any further. Um, like we are not financial advisors anyway, we are not telling <laughs> no. you what to do with your money. But the volatility of these quote unquote meme stocks are very high. And at the moment, everybody decides to sell. If you're not in that moment with them, you're not you. You have the potential to lose a lot of money instead of gain. So yeah. that that's the kind of stuff you got to think about when it uh, when this kind of stuff happens. Yeah, I just chalk it up to I'm too old to understand the cryptocurrency thing. I never got involved in it, um, but also they have like the rise of uh uh, NFTs, right? Yep. Yep. And like those, I just don't understand at all why you would want to get involved with that. But again, it's a way to make money and say that, you know, I am the only owner of this specific image or whatever. But uh, there's a lot out there that you can make money on. But on the other hand, there's even more out there that you are either going to lose money or get taken advantage of. So you do definitely have to be careful. But I am not a financial advisor at all. So don't ask me. Yeah, and neither am I. So we yeah. we really can't help you, uh, yep. especially if you lost your money that way. Yep. So then I just have a couple other smaller news stories and, and a really fun one at the end here. Uh, Bloodborne PS1 D-Make is going to be launching in J January. 
it's small and to me like bloodborne is my favorite Soulsborne or you know dark blood game i guess but <laughs> it's a good mix um it's if you haven't heard of this uh you can read the articles there's a bunch of new stuff going out about it and on twitter too uh it's just bloodborne but kind of demaked to be on like a ps1 and it has the same kind of graphics and stuff to it i just find it really endearing uh i we we see all this remake stuff and people are like crying for like a bloodborne uh re-release or bloodborne 2 for the ps5 and the fact that you're getting a demake in january is just funny to me yeah i think it looks really really cool i mean i i played bloodborne i didn't get very far before i gave up but like i like the whole demake thing i think it's a cool idea and i think it's just because that it's aimed towards people my age, right? It's yeah. PlayStation one just has a huge spot in my childhood. So I'm definitely going to try and at least check it out. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking to get the N64 controllers for, uh, that are Bluetooth, you might be out of them until next year. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo, Nintendo went ahead and released a statement as well saying that, uh, you know, the controllers are sold out and you probably won't be able to get them until next year. Um, it kind of just sucks for me. I really wanted one of these things and I still want to get one, but it, it, it really does suck to see that they really, I guess, weren't prepared for how many people were going to be buying these things. And uh, they, they severely, they severely underestimated it. And now we probably won't, probably people will be able to buy them for a, for a long while right now, you know, yeah. not only next year, because when the second wave hits, everybody that didn't get it the first time is going to try to get it. Or the people who got it the first time are going to try to get it again. And, you know, there's so many, you know, splice or, you know, so many rivers. This could just branch off into pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, I was trying to get one and then I just kind of gave up. So it just yeah, it I, wasn't meant to be. <laughs> yeah, I didn't try very hard either. So I'm, I'm yeah. the same with you there. <laughs> uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas is being remade for VR. Sweet. Uh, that was announced at the Facebook or sorry, not Facebook meta, uh, the, mm, yes. the meta thing that Mark Zuckerberg did, but you know, San Andreas, Grand Theft Auto three and Vice City are being remade on consoles. And I think it's just going to be funny to try to like walk around in VR in San Andreas. I think it like has the potential to be another one of those really big VR games, kind of like how resident evil four VR did. And I do kind of like this whole take on, OK, let's take one of these critically acclaimed games and let's make it VR in a way that is more immersive than ever before. So I, yeah. I really like the idea. And GTA is just like nonsensical fun in a lot of ways. I can't imagine just running around with my VR mask, punching people in the face. Just yeah, without I any think cause. uh I'm excited, right? Like, I think the idea of any GTA game at all in VR is really cool. This is another exclusive for the Oculus, right? The yes. Quest 2. Um, no release date, correct? No release date. Just said okay. that they were working on it. Yeah. So, like, I'm super excited to play that. I think that'll be a ton of fun. San Andreas is a cool game, so I will 100% be buying that day one. And for my last story, which was literally I got the email less than an hour of recording this. Dr. Squatch, the soap mm -hmm. company uh, that you see your ads for, is releasing a Halo soap, yes. uh, a Master Chief soap. And I will let you know I've already ordered two bars. Stop Reviews it. will be incoming. 
uh, <laughs> I want to know what life is like to smell like Master Chief. And uh, if if I'm not able to like gravity hammer my way through life after putting on that soap, then it's going to be a disappointment. Expect um, a five star review out of this. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm going to walk out of the shower and that Halo theme music is going to be playing. Uh, it's it's going to, it's going to probably be the apex of my life. Uh, I never thought this day would come. Hit Master Chief Soap. Master Chief Soap. Um, I'm looking at it right now. The picture on the uh, box is pretty funny with uh, yep. Master Chief in like a smoking jacket. Yeah. Uh, this looks cool. I have been using like shower gel for a long, long time. I don't remember the last time I used a bar of soap, but this is actually uh, enticing here. It's eight dollars. That's not bad. Yeah, for, uh, I've been using Doctor Squatch for a long time, and I love their okay. products. We're not even sponsored. No, uh, but we should be. Yeah, Doctor Squatch. <laughs> if you ever feel like sponsoring me, you could just send me fifty bricks of that Master Chief soap, yes. and I would take it. <laughs> so it doesn't. I'm trying to figure out what the smell is. It says Silver Sage. I don't know what Yuzu is and Cedarwood. Okay. I, yeah, I don't know what those words mean either, but if it means I'm going to smell like Master <laughs> Chief, I'm all over it. You have to do it correctly. So when the game comes out, you're going to have to play like a good four or five hours, work up a good sweat, go get a shower with this soap, and then go right back and see yeah. if your gaming improves. Yeah, no, the I'm going to I'm gonna use this in everyday, everyday life. Okay. Uh, like right before I talk to women, I'm putting Master Chief soap on. <laughs> Right yep. at right right before I go to work, I'm putting Master Chief soap on to see if my performance is better. Okay. When I'm playing Halo, I'm gonna I'm literally gonna have a brick of that stuff, and I'm gonna be snorting it as <laughs> as I'm playing it. Uh, it. But it reminds me of like just the random stuff that would get uh, gaming product placement back in the day. Like obviously the game fuel for Halo comes to mind, but it's just like the random stuff that they I don't know how or who is sitting in a boardroom and being like. You know who we should partner with? Soap. Soap is what we need. But you know what? It's still pretty cool. No, yeah, like it. I, I like it because it's Dr. Squatch, which I know it's going to be a good product. But yeah, it exactly reminds you of like those. And there's like a Scott the Waz episode on this. But there's like those bubble bath games that you used to be able to play with like mm -hmm. rings. And they used to be like Sonic sponsored or Mario sponsored with like Mario like pictures in behind those bubble games you used to play. And like there, I know like, I think X released an Xbox sour gel or something like that at okay. some point. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I actually haven't seen in a while that now that I've seen it again, it's kind of like, Oh, this makes sense. Um, where video game kind of products like this used to be really like thrown in, like just trying yeah. to cash in on what they could produce. Um, I'm, I'm a firm believer in Dr. Squatch again, not advertised, but they, um, but their, their products are usually good and I'm always happy with what I got there. Their star Wars stuff is good and I'm in, and I, I need to get more soap anyway. So it's just, this is the perfect storm. I feel like they've released this for me. The, yeah. the only thing that would have been better is like some weird, like Forza horizon five soap that smells like the new Mercedes car that's on the cover or something like that what if it was what if it was kingdom hearts and it smelled like Sora's hair I, I don't know what that boy's <laughs> hair would smell like I, 
I, I've got no clue. I've never, you know, I've never seen Sora shower, so I don't smells know. Like, smells like destiny is what yeah. it smells like. Destiny Islands. I see what you did yeah. there. I, I see what you did there. You're you're a clever yep. man, Craig. Yep. Craig Lord. <laughs> Buy some soap, everybody. Don't smell. Yeah, if you're a gamer, please remember to shower. Every we need to shower once in a while. So with with that fun Master Chief soap out of the way, let's go ahead and get into games for the week. Yes. Uh, so for me, I went ahead and played Guardians of the Galaxy big time. Like I'm really close mm-hmm. to finishing it. I'm sorry I couldn't for the podcast. Voice of Cards, the I, uh, the Isle Dragon Roars, and Super and eh, Mario Party Superstars. What did you play, Craig? A whole bunch of Guardians. I was trying to finish it, but I did not either because this is a long game. Um, and then. I have impressions on the official, official release of Riders Republic this time. Yeah, uh, it, it, it was a big update for Apex. So sorry, we'll yes. have Apex next week with the new map impressions. I know everybody comes to us for our state of the art Apex news. Uh, you got to give us a week to figure out all the balances, right? Yeah, we have I have to have that perfected. I need to soak in the new yes. map. So I need yes. to I need to marinate in it almost. <laughs> almost like a soap. So uh, we've done it. <laughs> it's it's all come back around now. Yep. Oh man. All right. Um, give me one of yours. All right. So I'm going to start off with Voice of Cards, the uh, the Isle Dragon Wars, because I just played the demo. I didn't buy the okay. game. I'm probably going to buy it though. Uh, this is a interesting game. It's not like really anything I've played before. Uh, but as you guys know, I'm a big Near fan. I really like Near Automata, Near Replicant. I bought all the vinyls. No need to brag. But the um, the voice of cards, the Isle Dragon Roars, Yoko Taro is one of the developers on here and his stamp on it. It's very clear from the beginning. Uh, the music is very I, I love the way he, I love the way like he develops with music like it's so cool. And the music is always really good. It's it's a strange game. So you take control of these characters, but they're cards uh and it's kind of turn-based battle rpg like uh in a way and the story is told to you as though you're playing a card game so you're like this little pawn piece on a map and the narrator tells you where to go so you go over there um and you talk to people you make decisions as well uh and that's pretty much how the game is developed through you you're you're on you're on this mission to get this very sacred item from the kingdom back and it's very valuable to them they're willing to give you whatever you want for it so you're a band of kind of i think it's either i can't remember if it's mercenaries or you're part of that army that you go out to find this sacred treasure that somebody stole from this kingdom and you know your first battle it's kind of weird but you know it transitions to almost like you uh, like the narrator puts on like this uh this this playing mat in a way where you know you've got cards you've got gems that you kind of accumulate through and you can use them to deal damage it's a really neat game i didn't expect to be this drawn into it but uh it's really like nothing i've ever played before uh i've i've played turn-based rpgs i play card games like i still play the pokemon tcg game because it's fun and this is kind of a weird mix but it's even weirder because there's a Yoko Taro mix into this and any game that he's make has made is there. It gets weird. 
So uh, I'm waiting for it to get weird. Like the narrator has already broken the fourth wall. It's as if he's talking to you directly as you're playing the game. So I'm waiting for the game just to get super strange if, yeah. if that's how it's starting off. But uh, I'll let you guys know more about my impressions on the game as I, I do plan on buying it uh, before the end of the week here and getting further than what the demo allows me to. But it is a strange, interesting game. I it, it, it piqued my interest because it's something I've never experienced before. It sounds interesting. I always enjoy games that are weird. And I especially love games that break the fourth wall. That's like one of my favorite things that gaming does. And like that goes back to for me would have been Metal Gear Solid on PlayStation one. That was like the first game that really did something like that, where it was, you know, plugging, unplugging your controller and putting it into controller number two so that Psycho Mantis can't read your input, stuff like that. Like, I love all that kind of stuff. So even though this doesn't really sound like maybe a game I would initially be interested in, I'm still like has piqued my interest. Yeah, t- to be honest, like before you go on to your before you go on to your next game, that's yeah. going to be like that's probably one of the gaming franchise series I'm going to regret that I never got into at an early age. Like mm-hmm. you and other Craig who's been on this podcast before talk about how like Metal Gear Solid and how important that was to them and how weird yeah. it was cuz a lot of uh, games don't do that anymore. Barely. Nope. You know, yep. it was and it was a big phenomenon when like and, you know, Doki Doki Literature Club did it <laughs> when they did yep. with all like the file deletion and messing with your files and whatnot. Like I only got to play Metal Gear Solid Four Guns of the Patriots and that game, like I remember a decent amount of it because it was so strange. And yep. it's those types of games that stay in your mind because, you know, we've we've played a million games like God of War and while they're fantastic and great in their own right, they're still, you know, the same game as every other one we've played, no matter how good it is. So they tend to get lost in your mind, especially if you play a lot of games uh, like lost in the spectrum of all the other games that you end up playing. But it's the weird ones that really make an impression on you. The ones that you like leave it going. I never expected, you know, this to happen or this experience at all so it's it's another one of those games that may scratch that itch for you it takes a lot more i think nowadays to pull something like that off like you can go back and play metal gear solid now um but you're not going to get the same effect as it did in that time frame where it was reading your memory card saves and you know psycho manis was talking about the games that you've played um like you can't replicate that now it you can't replicate. I mean, it still does it if you play it now, but like it, the screen will go black and it'll say like a V two. And yeah. I, it, now it doesn't really mean anything. But at the time you're like, oh, I didn't hit the remote. Why is my TV changing? Um, or even I specifically remember there's a point where they keep telling you to call Merrill. They're like, call Merrill, call Merrill. And I could not figure it out for the life of me. And I remember, I mean, there there was internet, but like not like today. <laughs> so I remember going into school the next day and talking to all my friends because we were all playing. And I was like, I don't, I can't find her call number anywhere. And it was just kind of like a trickle down effect where one person, I don't know how they originally found it, was like, it's on the back of the game case. Like you literally have to take your PlayStation 1 game case and flip it around. And one of the pictures is the number you need to put in. And like that was just stuff that like, 
I don't know how you replicate that now. You got to come up with some other ways. But again, like I think the internet kind of spoils it where it just immediately, like you can look it up immediately and know what to do where there's more to it if you're really trying to figure it out on your own. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I never knew about that kind of stuff either. And that's yeah. awesome. Like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff is just really, really like it, it brings you into the experience more so than you ever thought before. And yeah. Yeah, it'll always be a big regret for me that I never got into that game when it like when that kind of stuff was happening, because like I can't imagine how much fun it would have been to go through. <laughs> it was, that kind it of was stuff. crazy, crazy time. <laughs> um, all right. I could do a quick impression on Riders Republic real quick. Um, obviously, I talked about it last week when I was playing the four hour demo. Uh, the official release is out. Um, if you look on like our Instagram page, I had like a short video of the map and just the sheer amount of people that are populated in playing this game. I'm assuming, and I could be wrong, but I am assuming that that is all actual people. But it's just an insane amount of people. Uh, It still plays wonderfully well. It controls well. The races are fun. Switching between everything is great. I really think what's going to hurt this game is how close it is to Forza. Because Forza comes out next week, right? Yeah. And I mean, this Friday, if you're buying the, the more expensive editions, but... I am a little bit worried that this game is going to get lost. The good news is, is it's Ubisoft. And that means at some point within the next month, it's probably going to be $20 because <laughs> that's, that's just what they do. Yeah. So I would definitely recommend picking it up at full price. I think is fair, but you know, it'll go on sale. I just don't want people to miss this game because Forza is doing, I mean, this is doing a lot of the same things that Forza has done, but it's such a blast. And like, I cannot recommend it enough. So do yourself a favor, look for it on Black Friday. I'm sure it'll be cheap somewhere, 30, 20, whatever, and and pick it up and try it out. Yeah, I, I, I definitely want to. It's just definitely yeah. going to get lost in the Horizon mm-hmm. mess. And like we, we're speaking of Horizon, I just saw the one of their new commercials featuring Danny Rojas from mm-hmm. uh, uh, from Ted Lasso. And the comments on it are hilarious. Like the first thing I read is like Danny Rojas for the Horizon is life. <laughs> So it's, so excited uh, for Forza. Yeah, so am I. I can't, I can't wait to play it on Friday. <laughs> and I'm excited for that new controller. I am going to get it. So yeah. I'm I'm ex- it's just too bad that there's DLC on top of it, too. I, I would have been OK with like just a controller. But the fact that they're kind of putting DLC that you can only get with this controller on there is kind of like, eh, I'm not the biggest fan of how they did that. But yeah, you know, so true. so so be it that they, they got to get their money somehow. <laughs> true. Uh, I'll go into Super Mario. Uh, sorry. Eh. I keep calling it Super Mario, Mario Party Superstars. Yes. Uh, and then we'll go into Guardians. But Mario Party Superstars is just like it's just like reliving the classics again. I am so happy they're doing this. And I just hope that this game sells well enough for them to go. OK, this is what people want. And if you guys don't already know. uh, Mario Party Superstars is five no i think it's four or five of the classic maps from mario party one two and three some of the best ones some of the favorites and then a hundred about like a hundred of past mini games that have been redone and remade for the switch and there are some new mini games in there too but like it's playing this is such a throwback like it is so nice to play these older maps and in in a brand new coat of paint and this is this is the way mario party is supposed to be you know it's supposed to be a board game where you're all going separate places trying to collect stars win mini games 
and somehow screw the other person over or, you know, sandbag your friend. And it brings things back like chance time, which is like the most chaotic thing you can like have in Mario Party. It brings back the mini games that we all really like. And none of the mini games have motion control anymore. And I will say I did like the motion control in some of those games. Just having it one standard way is pretty safe and good. I uh, I'm glad that they went with that. The uh, this is such a good game. I just wish it had more of those classic maps. I just wish it maybe had two more of the maps from Mario Parties one, two or three. And that would be able to give me the playtime I want to kind of go over it. Like usually we have a Bowser themed map. You don't have that in this one. They're just all the, you know, there's like the, the boom map. There's Woody Woods or something like that. There's like peaches. I don't know. Sweet cake. I don't know. There's a bunch of desserts. Uh, it's it's yep. kind of it's kind of all over the place, but they I think they pick good maps. They pick good board games. I just wish they had a bit more on there. They're uh, with the online play. They the online plays all right. Like Nintendo's not known for having great uh, servers, and there are definitely a few mini games I've lost because of lag. And that cost me the game. And then, you know, I throw the controller at the remote and I never, you know, play Mario Party again. <laughs> but it's it. I really can't recommend this game to, to Mario Party players enough. Like it's this is the, the classic stuff that we all miss. You know, Mario Party, you know, Super Mario Party scratch that itch a little bit. But it was it was very bare bones and it, it really wasn't what we loved. This is a lot of what we love with a few minor drawbacks, and, and that's to be expected. But again, you know, it's the same thing with Metroid Dread. If this game sells well enough, they'll know that this is what we want, and they won't try to do that crap with Mario Party 10 or 9 where we're all stuck in the same party car and yeah. weird stuff like that. And that's what they need to stay away from. There are a couple of mini games that are kind of really close to each other, like if you guys remember like the counting games where you count like how many toadstools are on or like you count how many Goombas are running across the map. Like there are games like that where you really don't need two or three of them. You could just have one. And there's also a lot of games where it's just like you jumping from one thing to the next and going up where first it's leaves and then it's jumping on Koopa's uh, heads to try to see who can get the highest. So there's stuff like that where they probably could have done away and just had one game like that instead of multiple. But uh, overall, like I am very happy with this game. And this is uh, th this is great for like when you have friends over or just playing on your own or playing with your friends online. Uh, yeah. It's it's classic old times where you used to get where, you know, your friends would come would come hang out at your place and you'd play some weird 50 turn game of Mario party where <laughs> for hours. <laughs> yep. And you'd screw over your friends. You'd break, you know, treacherous relationship. It's pretty much an episode of game of Thrones on, yeah. uh, <laughs> on, on Mario party. So I, I really enjoy this game and this is a must have for switch. I'm just so glad that Mario party is back to being, you know, the classic stuff that I enjoy. I think I could see them, supporting this game and adding more as we go on i would hope right more maps maybe more mini games i mean they've supported mario golf which i didn't think they would um so i think we could see more i've never been like a huge mario party fan but um 
the first three are like my go-tos as far as what I remember. So I think this is more up my alley and it's coming out at the perfect time, right? Holidays are coming. And if you're looking for something to play when you're all together with your family, this could be the game to play, honestly. Uh, so yeah, this seems like a, a definite, just buy it up when you can. So, unfor uh, so with it being a Mario game, unfortunately, we probably aren't going to see a drop in price yeah. for, uh, for, for the holiday season. But that's the, that's the price of being a Nintendo fan is the fact that we're probably going to have to deal with that. So this game is going to be sixty dollars for four years. Yep. And it will probably retain its value. And mm -hmm. when you go to buy it four years from now, it'll probably be 50 bucks uh, yep. or even more, depending on, you know, what comes out next. Uh, but let's let's get to the main event, the game that let's we've spent it. the most time playing Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Craig, yeah. I'll, I'll let you go first. Um. This is, by definition for me, this is the game that snuck up on me this year. There's always one. I, we've said that before, but this is the one that I did not expect to be good at all. And it ends up being, I think, better than good. I think this is, we're going into fantastic territory here, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I was trying to think about it today. And if you are not a Marvel fan, I don't think you're going to connect with this game very well if at all there is a lot of dialogue a lot of cutscenes, um kind of you know sprinkled at times it feels like it's cutscenes, almost like kingdom hearts right like cutscene, cutscene. all right let's have you walk to this area then we're gonna hit you with two more cutscenes. um i feel like at points you get that in this but for me at least enjoying the marvel universe and enjoying guardians of the galaxy I was I am invested in the story. So like I'm not opposed to sitting there and watching all this unfold. I think they do a good job with the voice acting. The motion captures great that they show emotion. Um, I'm even enjoying like the downtime on the ship talking to everybody. They give you that option that like you don't have to. You could just go right to the cockpit and go to your next mission, um, kind of like Mass Effect does. But I found myself being like, no, I want to talk to everybody and see what's going on and, and kind of bond with them more. So I enjoy all that. But if you're not a Marvel fan, I think it's going to be like so much is being thrown at you that you may not understand or may not be interested in that. It might turn you off a little bit, but I think the game itself when you're playing combat wise is snappy, um, commanding your, you know, everybody around works really well. Star Lord feels good. Um, his melee is I think feels good. I don't know. I've been having a ton of fun and I think I'm getting close to the end. I don't know how many hours I'm in because <laughs> I mean, when you put your uh, Xbox into standby mode, the counter just keeps going. So I think at this point it says I'm at like 50 hours, but I think I'm probably at like 10 somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, you, you took the words right out of my mouth for a lot of yeah. it. Like you're comparing, you know, let, let's be honest, you're comparing Guardians of the Galaxy to a masterpiece like Kingdom Hearts. Uh, <laughs> yep. you, you know, it's it, that's high. That's high praise. That's yeah. uh, that's very high praise. Um, but all jokes aside there. Yeah, it's. It's an extremely fun game, and you're right, I think, like, if you're not a Marvel person, you'll have a harder time connecting with these characters, but right. like. 
Star-Lord is such a relatable person, and that's what he's supposed to be. He is the Earthling of the Guardians of the Galaxy, where everybody else is alien and everything like that. Um, yeah. the uh, His dynamic with the crew is just, like, the best. I love the, I love the whole decision-making park and how things, like, can change slightly from person to person, but not enough that it breaks it. Um, there are a couple things that I wish were better. Uh, like, for example, uh, there is definitely like a lack of polish to the game. There has been a couple times in this game where um, like enemies either don't come far enough and I have to restart an entire batter- battle encounter because an enemy is too far for me to like get or is stuck somewhere that I can't shoot him. There are times where like the. The, like when you're entering a cutscene and like the frame rate just drops drastically, yep. it can really take you out of the experience uh, for like the whole cinematic portion of things. And one of my biggest gripes actually with the game is the ultimate uh, mm-hmm. like and um, the huddle up feature. And I'm not sure if you experience it as well, Craig, but for me, that's more of like a get out of jail free card. Um, like when my teammates are dying uh, I save that up and I use it because I'm struggling in a battle and I get to restart pretty much with it with. I, I feel like the huddle up feature is more meant to be like, OK, everybody's overpowered now I can use it. But if I'm like in my groove in combat, I don't want to do the huddle up feature because nope. it's this thing where they everything stops and they come to you. They tell them how you're feeling and you got to guess or it's really actually obvious which of the options you need to pick. And then they're all like, heck yeah, let's go. And then you're back in the fight. But you know, there are sometimes I just wish like I could turn off that and just have it go freely because if, if I didn't have to do that kind of like 20 second thing, I would probably use it more while I'm beating the crap out of everybody and it's fast paced and I keep going and it keeps the momentum going where like, it's more just a, oh, two of my teammates are down. I'm going to use the huddle up thing and have them all get back up. That's what I tend to use it for the most. Yeah, it's uh, it's about 10 seconds, 15 seconds too long. Yeah, exactly. Um, if they could find a way to shorten that up where it's like have one of them say one sentence and then you pick, I think that would be better because it does take you out. And there is a lot of times where it'll pop up and I'm like, nah, I don't want to use it. It's just kind of pointless for me to use it right now. Um, and it just takes too much time. So I will end up ignoring it quite a few times, actually. Yeah. Uh, but the idea in in theory is cool. Um, the idea of them all huddling up and then and then picking the right answer. Then all you you get to, like, use all their your specials immediately. And it's, it's just cool. I like it a lot. Um, but I just don't think it was thought out enough. So maybe, I mean, I don't think they could fix that in a patch, I guess, but yeah, if they could cut it down in half, I think it would be more doable. Yeah, I I think so too. Like it's just something that just takes you out of it. Like, especially Mm -hmm. if you're in the flow of it, like if you're beating the crap out of people and you want to like overdrive it, this really isn't how you do it. Like you just keep doing the same old thing. And it's not bad to use the huddle up feature as a get out of jail free card when you're almost dying. Um, I feel like it was supposed to be used in that sense as well. But mm-hmm. um, if, if it was just a little bit shorter, it just wouldn't bother me as much. That That is absolutely 100% for sure. Yeah. But 
the you know everything else with the game is great it definitely does like lack the lack of polish that i think we're used to like these big triple a games but if if square enix and marvel slash disney learn anything from this just to make these types of games with the people we want you know spider-man yep. did it this game's doing it where it, it's it's just a good story and like the the characters the everything about it like they just act true to themselves and i love it like this this game is the surprise hit like you said it is the surprise yep. hit for me and yep. Uh, it's it's just nice to see that also like this game is like probably getting its due. I, I even think it could be rated higher than like where yeah. it's at, because like a lot of people I know in the beginning, like gave it eights. Like for me, this game is like nine. Like it, it is a fantastic mm-hmm. game. Uh, maybe with updates, a lot of this stuff can be fixed uh, and can be made better, which is only better for the people getting it later. But um, I, I was totally surprised by this game in the best way possible. It is. It is so much fun and it, it's that bonding experience with the characters, you know, while, you know, while you play as Star-Lord, you know, you begin to understand more about Rocket Raccoon. You get you begin to understand more about Drax, Gamora and Groot and to where like I feel like they don't get as much love as the rest of the Marvel Universe in the movies. You know, they don't have three movies out and aren't the main titular characters in the Avengers but yep. they are just as fun, if not more than what mm-hmm. the Avengers are. And like the, you know, star, I'm a sap for star Lord. Cause he likes the old hair, uh, like hairstyle, hard rock and roll. And, you know, I, you know, I'm a sucker for that and they just play into it perfectly. And yeah. uh, the guardians of the galaxy, I think like that genre and that series hopefully starts to get a bit more of the limelight as we go on here with the Marvel stuff, because I'm only more interested in them now. Yeah. It gives me hope that they square Enix kind of figured out that, you know, they made Avengers and it didn't work. This online, you know, quest based, like a destiny did not work. And we know that they can make single player experiences. The tomb Raider franchise has been great for them. Maybe not the last one they did, but, they know how to make a, a good story. So taking what they already know as far as that goes and seeing what the Spider-Man franchise on PlayStation has been able to do, this like this worked for Guardians. So like I would hope that Marvel would be willing to give them other franchises inside that universe to play with. Um, I would definitely play another Guardians game, but I would love to see them kind of branch out. Like give me a game like this that's like X-Men. Uh, you know, I'd be all over that. Um, but there's just tons of opportunities for them now. So, you know, hats off to them for figuring out that the Avengers was not the way to go for games. Just give us that story experience. Exactly. But yeah, um, get Guardians of the Galaxy if you haven't already. It's fantastic. And we both Craig and I really enjoy it. Now we're on to movies and TV shows. Uh, did you end up watching anything this week? I watched one. Halloween is officially over, but I did watch the new Paranormal Activity Next of Kin. Oh, okay. I didn't even realize that was out. I thought it's on on, uh, Paramount Plus. Okay, and I finished the first season of Harley Quinn on HBO Max. Um, I'll go into Harley Quinn just first, just because it won't take as long. I talked about it a little bit last week. There isn't much to go off of, but um, the Harley Quinn series I'm really liking. I'm starting to understand why Harley Quinn is like very popular in the um, in the DC universe world. 
um she's kind of like this you know she's kind of like the the weird anti-hero in a way where you know it's not all about being villain it is about being a villain but she's not weird like i guess the joker is or she's not as like boring as like lex Luthor or dr freeze are like she's just all for chaos and that's fun i enjoy watching her kind of go for this chaos stuff and the the whole like you know getting over Joker and doing this and trying to get part of the Legion of Doom. Like it's all like fun character arcs for her. And, you know, we get to see, you know, lesser known here, uh, lesser known villains like, um, Dr. Maniac or like, I'm forgetting their names, but the one dude controls stuff with his mind. There's King shark. Uh, and there's like clay monster, uh, in it as well and poison ivy is also a very big part of it too and i like her but uh, overall like it's i find myself craving these kind of shows more like live action for me you you could do this live action if you wanted to but it's going to cost millions of more dollars and it's going to feel like i don't know the word but i can't imagine watching this and then making it fun it would be more stressful and tense but because it's but because it's animated, it feels a lot more fun and you can, you know, have more liberties with it. Whereas if it was Margot Robbie doing this live action, um, it would feel more serious and you couldn't have as much fun with it. Uh, I, I don't know, but it's it, it's great. Uh, I am going to be starting season two later this week and hopefully it just keeps on the same momentum it currently has. An overabundance of Harley Quinn lately, huh? Yeah, and I like it. Like, yeah. it, it's nice to have Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, who like finally gets the screen time that she deserves with mm -hmm. Birds of Prey and the Suicide Squad James Gunn movie. And now we get this D, uh, this DC animated show that's pretty good and has really good uh, and has really good voice acting and animation to it. So yeah, that's cool. Good on DC I for. Still, I still want to check it out. Yeah, but yeah, but good on DC for finally making some good content. Yeah, like I have it on my list of things to watch, but again, it's the hesitation of animated shows for me, I guess. I don't know why I have such hesitation with all of that, but I always do. But then when <laughs> I jump in, I'm always like fully invested. So yeah. it's always just that initial first episode that's hard for me to do. Yeah, I find my, I found myself binge watching it, so I'd be surprised if okay. you didn't end up like binge watching it as well. Okay, you'll have to check it out. You said HBO, right? Yeah, HBO Max. Sweet. Uh, so I checked out Paranormal Activity, Next of Kin. Um, I totally forgot this was coming out until about a week ago when I saw on Paramount Plus when I went in there that it was advertised. See, I um, saw an so I saw an article on this and I thought it was a movie coming out. I didn't even realize <laughs> that it was out, but it, it's yeah. technically the reboot of Paranormal Activity. I I don't know anymore. <laughs> I don't. I guess they all tie together somehow. It's been so long since I've watched the original. I don't even know how many they are. I know I've watched them all, but I feel like there's like seven or eight at this point. Um, but I really enjoyed the first like one through three back in the day. So, you know, it's found footage movies to me are always kind of fun. Um, this one's sitting at like a whopping 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, Jesus. So there's that. But I will say that like I enjoyed the movie. I had fun with it. It has to do with a girl um, who finds out that her heritage is actually with the Amish. So she goes back to where she was born to try to find out what happened to her mother. Um, the first thing I said when I watched this movie though, was like, 
the Amish is the perfect uh, group of people to pick on because they'll never know. Um, they're not ever <laughs> going to watch your movie. So, um, so obviously, like when they get there, they're doing a documentary is how they're justifying, you know, uh, two guys following her around with cameras all the time. Um, it goes into a lot of things that I don't want to spoil if you are going to watch this movie, but it involves like uh, satanic worship and all that good stuff. Um, and she finds great she does stuff. Find, yeah, great yeah, stuff. Great, great stuff. Um, but yeah, I thought it was entertaining. It reminded me a lot of, you know, paranormal activity. You know what you're going to get into. You're going to get into a lot of tense, uh, stressful situations, uh, paranormal activity. I thought the first one did so well with uh, kind of like setting you up for what you thought were jump scares and then there wouldn't be any. And then they'd catch you off guard with one when you didn't expect it. I think they've done a very good job of that over the years with that. And they continue to do that here. Um, yeah, I mean, I had fun. I thought it was entertaining for the hour and a half. I watched it. It's not going to blow your mind. But uh, for a found footage horror movie, it's it's adequate. So I would recommend it. You don't even have to go to the theater. It's on Paramount Plus. It's like five bucks a month. Perfect. <laughs> Well, with that, we're going to go ahead and end the podcast. Thank you guys for listening today. Uh, we appreciate any support that you guys have given us. If you liked it, please make sure to share it with your friends, you know, post it on social media, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and if you'd be so obliged to give us a review on your preferred listening platform, we would appreciate it. And it helps more people discover the podcast. If you're interested in getting a hold of Craig or I, we uh, are available at an email with high sensitivity podcast at gmail.com. We have an Instagram, a Twitter, and a Facebook if you're interested in also going there. But we're active on there. So if you're interested in sending us something, just, just make sure to do so. Uh, we're, we're coming up on a, d despite it, 100 episodes uh, yeah. here soon. So it's kind of nuts that we're there. And the podcast has officially reached over 2,000 listens. In less than uh, in less than a hundred episodes, so it's a it's a pretty big milestone for us, and I am excited to. Once we get to a hundred, I have some pretty fun things planned for the channel, uh, and the podcast here. So hopefully, you guys are there to enjoy the ride, and don't worry, we know who you people are. The day one, <laughs> we we understand. Craig and yep. I are gonna go to the moon. That's right. With this podcast, so as soon uh, as we find a rocket ship, exactly <laughs> the the metaphorical rocket ship to to, to yes. freedom. Yes, but. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time. See you later.